Viewer discretion is advised. Stories are run in a cycle of the news to where we almost become sick of them. What happened to the stories that dominated the news for such a long time? Did they ever figure out what the actor or actress's death was caused by? Who was the killer in that string of murders? Does the legendary creature exist, or was it made up by someone simply seeking attention? How did that one person die? Welcome to the Aftermath, where we hop in our time machines and figure out what ended up happening in the news stories we followed so intently and then never heard the ending to due to life smacking us in the face with more happenings. Forgotten story. Paul Pee Wee Herman Reuben. Hear any good jokes lately? If you can't learn to make fun of yourself, life can be a gigantic drag. We're all human and we all make mistakes. If I had a dollar for every time I got caught masturbating in a porno theater, I'd have exactly zero dollars. To the average star, this would have destroyed their career. Set them off somewhere you would never hear from them again. This kind of started to happen to Paul Pee-wee Herman Reuben. But Pee-wee made an about-face and turned his career around. This is the story about Paul Reuben. Strap yourself in for one interesting story. Quote, Last night, we said farewell to Paul Reubens, an iconic American actor, comedian, writer, and producer whose beloved character, Pee-wee Herman, delighted generations of children and adults with his positivity, whimsy, and belief in the importance of kindness, Rubens' estate wrote in a caption of his Instagram. Slater, when I say Pee-wee, what comes to mind? I don't think about Pee-wee. Oh, come on, Slander. We've all thought about Pee-wee. Wow, this episode is getting started off the rails. Slander, what comes to mind? Dan Hudson. What? Sorry, it was the first name that came to mind when I hear that word. Pee-wee. Huh. I know I'm going to regret asking this, but why? Well, sir, it's because you are a gigantic, ginormous, bigger than life. Wow. I mean, really nice comment there, buddy. The correct answer is Pee-wee Herman. Was a huge fan of his. He has some classic movie roles, some of which you might not know about. Pee-wee's Big Adventure, we all knew about that one. Oswald Cobblepot's father in Batman Returns with Michael Keaton. And in the television series Gotham, he also played the Penguin's father. But another very underrated movie, which I absolutely adore, a lot of people don't, is Mystery Men, in which he plays a character who was called the Spleen. He was in The Nightmare Before Christmas. He was in the movie Blow. He was in Flight of the Navigator. He was sometimes overshadowed by his own character of Pee-wee Herman. Let's head back to August 27th, 1952. A house, $7,750. The average income, $3,515. A Ford car, anywhere from $1,526 to $2,384. Milk was just 96 cents a gallon. Gas, 20 cents. Bread, 
16 cents, and a postage stamp, 3 cents. The backstory. His name was Paul Rubensfield. He was born August 27, 1952, in Peekskill, New York, to Judy Rosen, a teacher, and Milton Rubensfield, a car salesman, who was a pilot for the Air Force in the United States, United Kingdom, and Israel, becoming one of Israel's pioneering pilots. Much like his father, Paul would best be known for a role he created, Pee Wee Herman. Reuben joined the Los Angeles troupe The Groundlings in the 1970s and started his career as an improvisational comedian and stage actor. He had two siblings, a brother named Luke and a sister named Abby. Paul grew up in Sarasota, Florida, where his parents owned a lamp store. During winters, the Ringling Brothers and Barnum and & Bailey Circus were located in Sarasota. When he was just 11 years old, he joined the local Asolo Theater, and during the next six years, he appeared in a number of plays. After graduating from Sarasota High School in 1970, he attended Boston University for one year before deciding to pack up his bags and move to Beverly, Hollywood, that is. He was going to seek his fortune as Paul Rubens in Hollywood, where he enrolled as an acting major in the California Institute of Arts and accepting a string of pay-the-rent jobs, ranging from pizza chef to a fuller brush salesman. He later auditioned for the cast of Saturday Night Live in 1975, and it didn't turn out as planned, so he started writing a feature-length screenplay for Pee Wee Herman to star in, and he asked his friend Tim Burton to direct. In the mid-1970s, his acting career grew slowly and steadily, with small roles in theater productions, gigs at local comedy clubs, and four guest appearances on The Gong Show in 76. During this time of education and employment, he joined the improvisational group known as The Groundlings, the popular gang of youngsters, whose roster included Conan O'Brien, Lisa Kudrow, and the late Phil Hartman, John Lovitz, and Julia Sweeney, brought laughs from the audience with their skits starring scads of imaginative self-created characters. Among Rubens' contributions to the comedic community were a philandering husband named Moses Feldman, an Indian chief named J. Longto and Pee Wee Herman, who debuted in 78. In 1980, Paul Rubens had a small part as a waiter in the Blues Brothers movie. That same year, he had a small but scene-stealing role as a put-upon hotel clerk who deals with the title characters in Cheech and Chong's next movie. Paul, the actor and character Pee-wee, developed both a small but devoted following that quickly expanded to the mainstream. In 1985, he starred in Tim Burton's breakthrough hit film Pee-wee's Big Adventure, which Rubens co-wrote with Phil Hartman. It features numerous quotable lines and Pee-wee's wild dance to tequila on the tables in a biker bar that saved him from a beating. Pee-wee Herman very little known fact, and this might interest you. Paul Rubens debuted the Pee Wee Herman character on The Dating Game. Yeah, we're serious about this. Go YouTube it. Spoiler, he wins. YouTube this shit. Pee Wee first made it big in 81 with the Pee Wee Herman show which he sold out at the Roxy Theater in Los Angeles for five months before getting picked up by HBO as a part of a comedy series on location. You heard us right. He sold out a theater five months in a row for every show for five fucking months. Released to the wildly divergent reviews, Pee-wee's Big Adventure in 85 followed its star cross-country in a madcap search for his beloved stolen bike. This movie was actually a very cool movie. It was one of the first VHS tapes I ever bought for the good old VCR. To you youngsters, that's what we had to watch the movies on. And I bet your second purchase was Debbie Dallas Dallas. Because you're like, 
Holy shit. Uh, you're funny. The movie recovered its $7 million budget nearly seven times over. It went on to become a cult classic, and the $7 million picture ended up grossing $45 million that following year. Admit it, you've done the Pee Wee Herman dance when the song comes on. Stop lying to yourself. If you don't remember, it was at a wedding, and you were drunk, and it was a night out with friends. You at least did it in a mocking tone. But what you failed to realize is how would you know that dance unless you watched that movie? Uh, is it okay if I start again? I guess. How was the response? It got a sequel three years later called Big Top Pee Wee. Shit started stirring about Paul's creation and then he was ushered into the Kid Entertainment Verse by CBS. Meet Pee-wee's Playhouse. Okay, okay. Let me stop for a second and explain something. Okay, when we were kids growing up in the 80s, there was no Cartoon Network. Every station was blasted with news coverage about retirement home grannies of the month and their award-winning homemade jam. We had cartoons, at least here in Cincinnati, from 6 a.m. to noon. CBS, NBC, and ABC all had them. And even maybe Fox, but Fox was like that girl that you got stuck with as a wingman and your friend hooked up with a hot chick. That was Fox, and you're left listening to her and her stories about how much she loves her nieces and nephews. Okay, you, you can start again. I'm done. Reuben would talk in public in the persona and voice only as Pee Wee Herman. He was creating the impression that he was a real person. Pee Wee, not Reuben's, later got his own star in the Hollywood Walk of Fame in 1989. Little background. In 1980, Andy Kaufman filmed a pilot for ABC, the network that aired the hit show Taxi for, quote, Uncle Andy's Funhouse, a parody of a kid's TV show. While ABC passed on the series of this pilot, it became the inspiration for the iconic show some three years later. And here's a fact not known by many. Kaufman even gave Paul Pee Wee Rubens permission to base his Saturday morning kids show off Pee-wee's Playhouse on the Uncle Andy concept. Pretty cool, huh? Okay, before we continue, we have to be fair and also report the controversies of his life. This no way reflects our opinion in any way. Rubens faced a national sex scandal in the summer of 1991 when he was arrested for indecent exposure at an adult movie theater in Florida. The actor was observed exposing himself and arrested along with three other individuals following a raid of South Trail Cinema in Sarasota. The New York Daily News reported in 1991, he was charged with exposure of a sexual organ. For the foreseeable future, Pee Wee Herman jokes became insane. According to the New York Times, he pleaded no contest to the crime and avoided receiving a charge on his record, but was still required to complete 75 hours of community service. He would open up to NBC News at a candid interview where he said, quote, Well, obviously I wasn't thinking, you know. I certainly wasn't thinking to myself, you're a children's show host. Your show is still on television. I wasn't making those lists. I felt like they were insinuating like, well, I was sitting in, you know, a darkened movie theater in my Pee-wee suit. End quote. 2002, Pee-wee was charged again. Entertainment Weekly reported that Rubens was arrested again in 2002 after materials depicting children under the age of 18 engaging in sexual conduct were discovered in his Hollywood Hills home following a police search back in 2001. Entertainment Weekly claimed that Rubens turned himself in on a misdemeanor charge of possessing materials depicting children 
under the age of 18 engaged in sexual conduct. Shit was not looking good for old Pee Wee. How did I not hear about this when I was doing research? I was honestly shocked. Rubens publicist gave the following statement to Entertainment Weekly that, quote, that the claims are completely without merit and he's going to be completely vindicated at the end of the day, end quote. 2004, Paul Rubens settles misdemeanor possession of an obscene image case. According to People magazine, the charges were dropped after he pled guilty to a lesser charge. In the settlement, Rubens agreed to plead guilty to misdemeanor possession of an obscene image, quote, with the intent to exhibit his collection, end quote. A representative for the actor said at the time he was fined $100 and received three years probation and agreed to be registered as a sex offender. The Associated Press reported at the time, according to the 2004 People article, in his own statement to the press, Rubens stated, quote, I'm glad the prosecutors finally dismissed the child pornography charge without me or the taxpayers having to pay for the costly circus-like trial. I'm disappointed any part of my art collection was ever deemed inappropriate. Taking responsibility by calling a few images in this collection, quote-unquote, obscene, and paying $100 fine seemed like the sanest way to make it end, end quote. 2004, Rubens speaks out against misdemeanor possession of a scene image case. Here's where the weird comes back. After settling the case in 2004 of the misdemeanor possession of an obscene image case with a plea bargain, Rubens spoke to several news outlets about the charges. In 2004, April, he said to Entertainment Weekly, quote, You can say that I'm different, that I'm freaky, that I'm weird. You can say lots of stuff about me, but you can't say I'm a pedophile. That's just not part of who I am. I am not a child pornographer. Rubens stated that the materials were considered pornographic, were really, quote-unquote, really campy, kitschy, funny stuff from the 1940s, 50s, and 60s. 90% of anybody off the street who looked at the stuff would burst out laughing and say, you're kidding me, he told Entertainment Weekly. Also, in 2004, in April, he spoke to ABC News, quote, the moment I realized my name was going to be said in the same sentence as children and sex, that's really intense. That's something I knew from the very moment. Whatever happens past that point, something's out there in the air that's really bad, end quote. He stood firm and defended the materials once again, calling them, quote, incredible, beautiful stuff that I stand behind. And he was asked if he ever thought that it was a good idea to amass a collection following the 1991 charges. Rubens stated, quote, I didn't. I never did. I wasn't really thinking to myself, wow, this is creepy, weird stuff that I shouldn't be collecting. It's not titillating. It's not something that I use for any kind of sexual purpose, end quote. 2020, it's the 35th anniversary of Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Let's be honest, the movie is really a cult classic. If you haven't seen it, I totally recommend it. From Large Marge, who was portrayed by the late Alice Nunn, who appeared in Petticoat Junction as Mrs. Benson, the basement of the Alamo, all the way to Pee Wee visiting a biker bar to make a phone call and biker gang threatening to kill him after he accidentally knocks over all their motorcycles. He wins them over by dancing to the song Tequila in a pair of platform shoes, and they give him a motorcycle for his journey, which crashes immediately. You have to love how charmingly sweet this movie is. Wait, 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 wait. Hold up. Did you just say charmingly sweet? It was. You are such a tool, Hudson. Like I said, a charmingly sweet-ass tool. July 30th, 2023, at Cedar sinai Hospital in Los Angeles, California, Paul Rubin died from cancer. 
He had been diagnosed six years earlier, but had not revealed his diagnosis to the public. Following his death, a statement written by Rubens was released. Quote, Please accept my apology for not going public with what I've been facing the last six years. I've always felt a huge amount of love and respect for my friends, fans, and supporters. I've loved you all so much and enjoyed making art for you. Did you know Paul appeared in the Smurfs as a voice actor? His friend was Phil Hartman. He was somewhat obsessed with holiday cards. Ruben had mailed out custom creation each December since the mid-1980s. The latest edition was sent to about 4,000 recipients. But he was an avid art collector of everything from lamps to fake food. Ruben says he put an end to the acquisition around 1995 with the advent of eBay. People were telling me about this site, and I just kept thinking, oh, you know what? I better not know about this. Previously, he was married to Charlene Hefner in 1990. In 1993, he was often seen together with actress Debbie Mazur, and they were suspected to be in a relationship. Paul stayed out of the spotlight during the last six years of his life. His final film role was in the 2016 comedy Pee-wee's Big Holiday, which he also wrote and produced. His final TV role in 2019 was on an episode of The Connors. On Reddit, you can find a picture of Paul Rubens and Phil Hartman sitting in a restaurant smoking. His first acting role arrived in elementary school production of the Tony-nominated play, A Thousand Clowns. When on a break and smoking, he would have someone stand and watch to make sure no children were around. He wrote fan mail only once as a child when he was five or six to Walt Disney. Rubens never heard back. Disney was a This is from Conan O'Brien. I woke up Monday to devastating news that Paul Rubens had passed away. And we lose people all the time. They're always hearing about people that have died. And obviously some you know better than others. But it really hit me that Paul was gone. He didn't tell a lot of us. I don't think any of us that he was sick. He's been fighting. I think his illness for a number of years. And I just adored the guy. And I think one of the things that people need to know is... Obviously, the character Pee-wee was just a mind-numbingly funny and surreal and hilarious and original. He was so funny as Pee-wee. But Paul, when he was just Paul Rubens, he was quick, so razor-sharp, such a delightful person and a very sensitive guy. Though I sent this out in a tweet, he would always be sending over on anyone's birthday if he knew them even slightly he would fill their inbox that day with all types of silly cartoons and memes about birthday old disney cartoons old weird memes about birthdays and cats falling into birthday cakes and he would do that all day long and it wasn't just me it was just anybody he encountered he would do this for anybody and such when asked what he does to unwind Paul said, quote, gee, I don't know. That sounds foreign to me, end quote. The opposite of a morning person. He was a ritual person. The person who wakes up on time every night from 3.30 a.m. and was awake till 10 a.m. in a single week. Special thanks to the following. Deadline.com, IMDB.com, NBCNews.com, Instagram, Time.com, PopHistory.com, People.com, The New York Daily News. Entertainment Weekly, The Associated Press, Team Coco, Conan O'Brien, Cadler.com, and Vanity Fair. For the aftermath, I'm your host, Dan Hudson. Catch you next time. Peace!